welcome to Invited In, a podcast connecting the global family of Samaritan's Purse. Our podcast team has been busy this summer, and in this month especially, we've had many on our team traveling for work and vacation, and so we wanted to share a devotion. We had a special guest visit in Boone a while back, and we intended to release this devotion earlier, but once COVID hit, we never had the opportunity to air this, and so it's relevant, it's challenging, and it will encourage you to defend your faith. As many of you know, the International Headquarters staff in Boone gathers every morning for devotions and prayer. And so we wanted to share um, a powerful devotion for those that weren't able to attend. Jay Warner Wallace is a homicide detective and Christian apologist from California. He's written several books, including Cold Case Christianity, God's Crime Scene, and Forensic Faith. And he uses principles that he learned as a cold case homicide investigator to evidentially prove the reliability of the Gospels. Jim rarely shares his testimony, as he likes to defend his faith, but he found it appropriate for our Samaritans for staff. And so listen as Jim shares his testimony and the importance of testifying about the resurrection. Um, I'm here, as, as they said, uh, serving with Operation Heal Our Patriots. It's been a great fun for me to do that. Uh, I come from Los Angeles County where I've been working cold cases, and I've learned a lot along the way. And I'm going to share with you something today that people ask me to, to talk about a lot that I never like to talk about. And so I don't ever talk about it publicly, but I do want to talk about it with you, and you'll see why in a minute. Um, people ask me all the time to share, would you tell me what your personal quote-unquote testimony is? So I'm going to just tell you what my journey was. Um, I was uh, raised in Southern California, and in Los Angeles County, it is so dense from a population perspective that you could live your entire life there and really not come in contact with Christians. And I, that's the way I, I grew up. I didn't know any Christians. We were no Christians in our family. My dad's a very stubborn atheist, and uh, I'm very close to my dad. I've been doing the same work that he did. He was at our agency for 28 years. I followed him. I was there 25. My son's been there about eight. So we've been at the same agency for 58 years. And I just followed in his footsteps. Didn't know any Christians. Now, my wife was raised as more of a cultural Catholic, but she had no idea what, 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 she didn't own a Bible. But when we started having kids, uh, she said, should we like bring our kids to church? I'm like, no. (laughs) She says, well, we should at least expose them to this. I said, if you want, I'll be happy to go. My dad will go to church with you. He thinks it's a very useful delusion. He thinks it has useful principles for raising kids. I thought, okay, I'll do that too. I'd be happy to do that. So I went to church with her, and I sat in an evangelical church for the first time for anything other than a wedding or a funeral. And this pastor was clever enough to say that Jesus was the smartest man who ever lived. I thought. He even said that upon the teaching of Jesus of Nazareth, maybe in like one or two sermons, all of Western civilization has been founded. I thought, that's not true. So I bought a Bible. I spent $6 on a pew Bible, okay? I didn't want to spend a lot of money on this. And I started to read through it to see if that was, I want to get the wisdom statement, the red words, the red letters of Jesus. What did he really say that was so darn smart? And as I realized this, I said, you know, as I'm reading through it, it struck me that it resembled the kinds of eyewitness accounts I worked, especially in cold cases. I don't have access to the original eyewitnesses. Sometimes 35 years later, they're dead. I don't even have access to the people who wrote the reports about the original eyewitnesses because those guys are dead. So I'm looking at reports of eyewitness accounts in which I have no access to the eyewitness or the report writer. What's that sound like to you? Those are the gospels. 
So I'm reading through this and I thought, wow, you know, this actually um, has a texture that I was intrigued by. So I started to investigate this using the template that I know I use to determine if eyewitnesses are reliable. I even use something called forensic statement analysis. We have bad guys actually write out when I interview them, I'll have them take a piece of paper on one side only, 12 lines, sometimes 24, and they'll have a pen and they write out everything they did on the day of the murder from the time they woke up to the time they went to bed. And I will analyze that looking for deception indicators, how they compress time, how they expand time, how they use pronouns, how they use tenses and verbs. And I'm looking for things, adjectives and adverbs are really important. Optional words are really important. And I'll use that process to determine if they're lying to me before we even have the interview. At least I'll know what I have to focus on in the interview. So I started to use forensic statement analysis on the Gospels to see if I could find the deception that I'm expecting to find. In the end, I realized this is, this is a reliable account of Jesus of Nazareth. And it bothered me. Uh, but I found myself compelled to... And I want to... I was delighted to find that Jesus of Nazareth is an incredibly evidential person. We are not asked to believe this blindly. You recognize that Jesus would go into towns and he would heal before he would herald. Ever notice that? You heal first, then you start preaching. Why? Because he said in John, if you don't believe the words that I just gave you, at least believe on the evidence of the miracles I worked in front of you. That evidence demonstrated they attested to his divinity. That's an evidential approach. I want to read you something out of Luke chapter 7, starting in verse 28. John the Baptist sends his disciples to Jesus because John is now in captivity. He's in custody, and he wants to know, is Jesus the one? So he sends his disciples to Jesus. And when the men had come to him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you, saying, are you the one, the coming one, or do we look for another? Imagine Jesus is listening to this from John. This is what I would have said. Really? John, my cousin, wants to know this? John, the guy who leapt in the womb when our mothers met? John, the one who baptized me and saw the Spirit of God descend on me at the baptism? That's the guy. He saw them. The John, the one who sent all of you guys to me? You realize, by the way, all of your guys are with me now, okay? You three guys are coming from John. The last one's over there, okay? Everybody else is over here. This is the guy who wants to know if I'm the one? Remember, when you're talking about a detective, you're not just listening to what people say to you, but what they could say but don't. So I'm thinking, what could Jesus say in response to this? He could say, you know, uh, uh, tell Jesus, he, tell John he needs to pray about this. He needs to have a little more faith. <laughs> That's not what he does. You know what he does, right? It says right here, at that very hour, he cured many of infirmities, afflictions, and evil spirits, and to many blind he gave sight. Then he said, go back and tell John what you just saw. That's an evidentialist. The reason why I don't give my testimony typically is because I, I, when I ask people around the country, why are you a Christian? I wrote a book on this called Forensic Faith. I get the same two answers. The most popular answer in the country for why you are a Christian is, I was raised that way. That is the most popular answer. The second one, there's a big gap, is I've had an experience that demonstrated for me that Christianity is true. And your experiences are different, right? There, you prayed a prayer that you saw an answer, you saw a miracle, you, you felt God's presence in your life at some critical time, whatever it may be. Those are the two most popular answers. My dad's not a believer, but his second wife, who he married in the 60s, 1964 or so, uh, is LDS. She's a Mormon. 
I have six half-brothers and sisters all raised Mormon. If you ask my half-brothers and sisters, why are you Mormon? They will say, because I was raised in the church. And I had an experience of the Holy Spirit that demonstrated for me the Book of Mormon is true and Joseph Smith is a prophet of God. You don't believe that their answers are enough, do you? Why would anybody believe believe that our answers, if they're just going to be, I was raised in the church and I've had this experience, should be enough? I don't think Jesus intended it that way. That word testimony that we use all the time, that word testimony is used most often in the book of Acts, but it's never somebody telling another person what their experience with Jesus was, how Jesus changed their life. You show me where that is in the book of Acts. No, they're testifying about the resurrection as eyewitnesses of the resurrection. That's why they chose Matthias after Judas, because he was somebody who had seen Jesus from the baptism to the resurrection, Acts 1. So I was at a Boise event about three weeks ago, big campus event. We're showing the evidence for Christianity. And someone at the very back of the room raised their hand. She stood up. She said, okay, you told us all that evidence, but can you just share your testimony? And here's what I told her. I said, you know what? People ask me that all the time. And I'm just going to tell you right now, my testimony does not matter. And either is yours. Here's what matters. Is it true? And can I demonstrate that it's true by talking about the evidence for it? So folks, as I leave you this morning, we've got young people in the church. We are hemorrhaging young people. Gen Z is three times more likely to be an atheist than Gen X. Forget about millennials in the middle. It's time for us now to be able to answer the most important questions that Gen Z asks. Seven in 10 when they say they walk away from the church will say they walked away because they do not believe it's evidentially true. The other three will say I've had a relationship issue, hypocrisy in the church, whatever. But seven of 10 will say I don't believe it's evidentially true. We could actually fix that because we do not need another million dollar Christian apologist. We need a million one dollar Christian apologist. We need all of us to do the work. Your kids are looking for answers, and you are the best Christian apologist they're ever going to know. They're going to go to you first. They're not going to read my stupid books. They're going to ask you, why is this true? I just want to encourage you to start to take a step in that direction to be able to defend what you believe. We're called to do that, by the way. This is what Edward talked about in 1 Peter 3.15. Can you give a reason for the hope you have in Jesus? We're asked to do that. Let's pray. Father, we know we can do a better job of just being able to demonstrate why Christianity is true. And even if it's not important to us personally, Father, would you just encourage us to be able to make the case for others? Even if we think, hey, I I know this is true. I've experienced something I cannot deny. I know that experience is also evidence, but sometimes people around us don't. They need a little more. Would you help us to be able to take that additional step? And we just thank you for this opportunity to serve in this amazing ministry. And we ask for your blessings on it in the name of Jesus Christ. And everyone here says, amen. It was such a blessing to have Jim on our Boone campus. I know that we're always challenged and encouraged by his teaching. And if you want to hear more from Jim, you can go back and listen to Invited In, episode 24. I was able to interview him while we were in Alaska at Operation Healer Patriots. And he also has a new book coming out, and it's available for pre-order now called Person of Interest. So I encourage you to check that out. Uh, Thanks again for tuning in and have a blessed week.